Hello, this is Nikta from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 18th of January. Under 14,000 fresh COVID-19 cases were reported in the country in the last 24 hours. The overall tally inched closer to the 1.06 crore or 10.6 million mark. Countrywide COVID testing numbers dropped yesterday with under 5.5 lakh samples being tested compared to the usual figure of over 10 lakh tests a day. Under 150 fresh fatalities were recorded in the last 24 hours and the total deaths toll stood at the 1,52,000 mark. Since the first phase of the nationwide vaccination drive across 3,000 centres commenced on 16th of January, at least 447 people reported cases of adverse events following immunisation, or AEFIs. This was out of the 2,24,000 healthcare workers who received COVID-19 vaccines. A majority of these individuals complained of fever, headache and nausea. An adverse event following immunization or AEFI is any unexpected medical occurrence which follows immunization which may or may not be related to the vaccine. The Union Health Ministry said that out of these cases, three people who had developed AEFIs had to be hospitalized. Two have been discharged from hospitals in Delhi and one vaccine recipient was under observation at a hospital in Rishikesh. The Telegraph reported that two recipients had also been hospitalized in West Bengal. In Uttar Pradesh, however, a 46-year-old government hospital employee in Muradabad died last evening, 24 hours after receiving a COVID vaccine shot. The chief medical officer of the district said that the death is unrelated to vaccination. Ward boy Mahipal Singh died after complaining of chest congestion and breathlessness. His son Vishal Singh has alleged that the death is linked to the vaccine dose. Medical experts have said that the rate of AEFIs out of the total number of people vaccinated so far is not unusual. Narendra Arora, the chair of India's AEFI communications panel, said, and I quote, The numbers we are seeing are comforting. We believe the two vaccines we are using are safe and much less reactogenic, meaning capable of triggering adverse reactions than other COVID-19 vaccines. Unquote. The vaccination drive in various states is scheduled to happen in intervals. While most states have adopted a four-days-a-week approach to vaccinate people, Uttar Pradesh, Himachal Pradesh and Goa will be vaccinating twice a week. Andhra Pradesh, meanwhile, is the only state planning six days of immunization in a week. Thousands of farmers have been camping on the borders of Delhi for over 50 days now to oppose three of the central government's farm laws that were passed last year. The Supreme Court today left it to the Delhi police to decide on the entry of protesting farmers into the capital on Republic Day. The court gave the statement while hearing the centre's plea seeking an order against the farmers' proposed tractor rally on Republic Day. The Chief Justice of India, S.A. Bobde, said, and I quote, The question of entry into Delhi is a law and order situation that is to be determined by the police, unquote. The Chief Justice added that the Supreme Court was not the first authority in the matter. In its application filed through the Delhi police, the centre had cited the historical and constitutional significance of Republic Day. The plea had said that the farmers' march was aimed to disturb and disrupt the celebrations. The farmers, however, have maintained that their tractor rally on the 26th of January will in no manner disrupt the annual Republic Day parade that is held at India Gate. The farmers said that their 50-kilometre parade will be held on the Outer Ring Road, the road that is encircling the city of Delhi. Meanwhile, the National Investigation Agency, or NIA, has summoned around 40 people so far for questioning, a majority of whom are associated directly or indirectly to the farmers' agitation. 
The agency is questioning the individuals in connection with a case registered against a foreign-based outfit, Seeks for Justice or SFJ, that advocates secessionist and pro-Khalistani activities. Last week, former leader Baldev Singh Sirsa was summoned by the NIA as well. The agency recently sent notices to over 12 farm leaders, Sikh activists and journalists asking them to appear before it as witnesses in a case against SFJ. The farmers, however, have taken strong exception to the NIA questioning them. Balbir Singh Rajewal, the leader of Samyukt Kisan Morcha or SKM, told the Hindustan Times that no farmer who has received the notices will be appearing before the agency. He said, and I quote, There are many organizations which are helping us in so many ways by organizing langars, logistics, tents, etc. The government is trying to threaten them and weaken the agitation through harassment. We have decided that no farmer who has got these notices will appear before the NIA as a mark of protest. Unquote. Darshan Pal of the Krantikari Kisan Union, a constituent of the SKM, while condemning the action by the central agency, said that the farmer unions would challenge this NIA action in court. According to a press statement issued by the Samyukt Kisan Morcha, Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar had promised to look into the matter. The statement reads, and I quote, Despite this, the notices given to the agitators even today is shameless. It shows the insensitivity of the government. The Samyukt Kisan Morcha condemns the act of serving these notices. In the coming days, legal action will also be taken against these notices. Unquote. Dear listeners, much before the NIA summoned individuals supporting the farmer protests regarding a case related to a secessionist group, and even before the Attorney General K.K. Venugopal's comments that there was involvement of pro-Khalistan groups in the farmers' protest, a section of national media had, without any proof, started claiming that Khalistanis were involved in the farmers' agitation. In fact, on 27th November 2020, ZTV Sudhir Chaudhary in his show had claimed that Khalistanis had hijacked the farmers' protest. Now let me remind you that this was even before the farmers had reached the various borders of Delhi. Therefore, it is not surprising why the farmers since the beginning of the protest boycotted sections of the national media. In his latest report on Newslaundry.com, Ashif Iqbal reported on how, because of the national media's failure to fairly cover the farmers' agitation, it became imperative for the farmers to come up with their own newspaper called the Trolley Times. The report is titled, Reclaiming the Narrative, What Farmer Protests and Trolley Times Tells Us About Media's Systemic Failure. And while you're on Newslaundry.com reading the report, you'll also find several in-depth ground reports about the farmers' agitation where people from the protest sites at Delhi have opened their hearts out to Newslaundry reporters and told them about their concerns, their lives and a lot more. These reports prove the integrity of independent media over legacy media funded by corporates and even the government. But independent news platforms like Newslaundry can only sustain on the support of viewers, listeners and readers. So if you're not a subscriber already, support independent news by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of our website. The Manipur police have booked the editors of Frontier Manipur, a digital news portal for sedition and criminal conspiracy. This was over a January 8th article on the website about the state's insurgent groups. Dhirin Sadok Palm, the website's editor-in-chief, and Paujal Chauba, its executive editor, have been slapped with the stringent Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, or UAPA, and have been accused by the Manipur police of supporting a terrorist organization. M. Joy Luwang, who wrote the article, headlined, Revolutionary Journey in a Mess, has also been booked for the same alleged offences. According to Scroll, Luwang's article is an indictment of Manipur's many armed groups that have waged secessionist campaigns since the 1960s. 
Luang, in his article, had accused these armed groups of falling prey to the Indian government's design of breaking their backbones and not living up to the revolutionary ideals that they were formed with. In the FIR filed against Luang on Sunday, the police claimed that he openly endorsed revolutionary ideologies and activities and expressed shock at the falling character of the armed revolutionaries of Manipur in the last decade. Luang is also accused of urging the people of the northeastern state to become true revolutionaries and preaching how they should behave. The FIR claimed that his article clearly expressed sympathy and support to the ideologies and activities of the armed revolutionary groups and outrightly called the rule of law of the Union Government of India as colonial law. Sadukpam told Scroll that the police landed up at Chauba's home early in the morning and demanded that he go with them to the police station. But he refused, saying that he would go on his own. At the station, as per his lawyer, Chauba was detained and he remains in police custody. Speaking about the article, Sadok Palm said and I quote, We received the piece on email and we decided to publish it as it was a balanced analytical article. If anything, it was critical of the armed movement. As a website, we publish critical views of both the government and the armed groups. Unquote. In a welcome move, the Bihar police recently gave a green signal to the appointment of persons from the transgender community in the police force. For every 500 appointments, one transgender person will be appointed. According to an Indian Express report, the state police will also be issuing an advertisement regarding recruitment for 10,000 posts of constables soon. The resolution, passed on January 14th by the State Home Department, had said that the state police had taken a policy decision on the employment of transgender persons following the lead of other government departments. According to the 2011 census, out of the state's population of 10.41 crores, over 40,800 people identify as transgenders, that is 39 transgender persons per 1 lakh population. The Home Department's resolution read, and I quote, As per proportional representation based on population of transgenders, Bihar police can employ 51 transgenders as there is sanction strength of over 1,30,000 police persons. It means 40 constables and 11 sub-inspectors can be appointed from among the transgenders, unquote. The transgender persons, however, will not be given any relaxation in terms of physical and academic tests during the selection process and will be employed as a part of the district police force. The Delhi High Court today, while hearing a petition challenging the messaging app WhatsApp's new privacy policy, said, and I quote, If you feel WhatsApp is likely to compromise with your data, leave WhatsApp. Unquote. Justice Sanjeev Sachdeva told the petitioner that accepting the policy was voluntary and that using another platform was an option available to the petitioner. Justice Sachdeva also asked the petitioner, advocate Manohar Lal, if he had read the terms and condition of any mobile application that he used. In response to his plea that WhatsApp and Facebook analyze behavior of the users from data that is collected, Justice Sachdeva said, and I quote, Not only WhatsApp, all applications do that. Do you use Google Maps? Do you know it captures and shares your data? Unquote. The court also pointed out that WhatsApp had deferred its plan to implement the new privacy policy until May. The petitioner in his plea had said that the policy was against the fundamental right to privacy guaranteed by the Constitution. The plea also sought a direction to the Centre for laying down guidelines to ensure that the messaging platform does not share any data of its users with any third party or Facebook and its companies for any purpose. The Centre told the High Court that the new privacy policy will need some consideration and the petition needs to be analysed. Senior advocate Mukul Rohadgi, appearing for WhatsApp, said, and I quote, This is a hullabaloo about nothing. WhatsApp has consistently said that any messages between friends, families, chats are completely encrypted from end to end. Even WhatsApp cannot read it. 
so it is completely safe. Unquote. Earlier this month, WhatsApp users were notified that the platform was preparing a new privacy policy. The notification had said that WhatsApp reserved the right to share some user data with Facebook. Despite WhatsApp issuing multiple clarifications and even newspaper advertisements, the policy update received massive backlash and led to millions of users migrating to its competitors like Signal and Telegram. On Saturday, WhatsApp announced that it would delay the implementation of its privacy policy. Vinay Arvind's latest article on Newslaundry.com details how there has been a general laxity in Indian laws about privacy of users in the digital space. It takes the example of users recently migrating from WhatsApp to describe how India is seeing an awakening among digital consumers who are increasingly become proactive about their privacy issues. The report is titled The Great WhatsApp Migration of 2021 – How India is Waking Up to Privacy Issues. You'll find the report on Newslaundry.com. The Uttar Pradesh police have filed an FIR against the makers of the Amazon Prime video web series called Tandav. A top official of the streaming service has also been named in the complaint. They have been accused of allegedly hurting religious sentiments of Hindus. News agency ANI reported today that the director of the series, Ali Abbas Zafar, producer Himanshu Krishna Mehra, writer Gaurav Solanki and Amazon Prime's India head of originals Aparna Purohit were named in the complaint filed in Lucknow. The makers of the series have been accused of defiling a place of worship and promoting religious animosity. The media advisor of the Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath on Twitter today even warned the web series team of arrest. Meanwhile, BJP leader Kapil Mishra issued a legal notice to Amazon Prime. He asked the platform to remove the series, threatening to begin criminal proceedings if this was not done. Yesterday, based on BJP MP Manoj Kotak's letter taking exception to the series, the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting had asked Amazon Prime for an explanation on the matter. In a letter to the INB Minister Prakash Jaurikar, Kotak had written about the need to regulate OTT platforms. He claimed that content on such platforms was full of sex, violence, drugs, abuse, hate and vulgarity. He added that sometimes they also hurt religious sentiments. Kotak had alleged that the series ridiculed Hindu gods and goddesses. The Indian government recently brought OTT platforms such as Netflix, Amazon Prime Video and Disney Hotstar and online news platforms under the ambit of the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting, giving it powers to regulate policies and rules for the digital space. While there had been a censor board for films, the ministry had been expressing the need to bring web content under regulation. And now for some international updates. The United States is nearing 400,000 COVID-related deaths. According to latest data from the Johns Hopkins University, close to 24 million cases have been recorded in the country. John Klain, the incoming White House Chief of Staff, told CNN on Sunday that Biden's team had projected another 100,000 deaths from COVID-19 in the first five weeks of the administration. Meanwhile, Rebecca Jones, the founder of Florida's coronavirus database, who has publicly clashed with the governor of the state in a dispute over data manipulation, said that she would surrender on Sunday after an arrest warrant was issued in her name. China has reported more than 100 new cases of COVID-19 for the sixth consecutive day, with rising infections in the Northeast, fueling concerns for another national wave ahead of the holiday season. Chinese health authorities have said that they have traced 102 infections to a super-spreader case, a 45-year-old man who travelled around the Northeast of the country giving lectures on health. Meanwhile, Brazil's health regulator on Sunday approved the urgent use of coronavirus vaccines made by Sinovac and AstraZeneca, enabling Latin America's largest nation to begin an immunization program that has been subject to delay and political disputes. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.
All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.